Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. About 24 hours ago in Paris, a comeback for the ages. Novak Djokovic turns it around from two sets down against Stefanos Tsitsipas to win his second French Open title, his 19th major singles title. Padding an already stuffed resume, a last glance back at the clay as we now turn our attention to the grass courts of Germany and Great Britain. Man, it was an exhilarating and history-making two weeks at Roland Garros. We're changing direction now, like Djokovic, moving from the Parisian clay to the lawns of London. The grass court season is upon us. Man, but we are still buzzing from what went down on the Terre Batu. And here is what's coming your way today on Tennis Channel Live. That's right, 19 now for Novak Djokovic, just one off Federer and Nadal in the great chase for the Grand Slam singles record for the men. More reflections from Roland Garros, including the double check for Barbara Krejcikova. And we indeed move from clay to the grass as the tennis world makes the transition. Hey, everybody, welcome into our beautiful Tennis Channel studios here in Santa Monica. Russ Thaler with the Hall of Famer, Tracy Austin, and the one and only Nico Pereira. And uh, look, it's so great to be back in the comforts of our home studio. How are you feeling about what went down in Paris and the move to grass, Tracy? It's hard to believe it was just 24 hours ago. It's unbelievable. But you go from the red clay to the green grass and interest, instantly reset. Boy, that was exciting for Krejcikova coming home with two trophies and for Novak Djokovic, number 19 after being down two sets. Fantastic. Your head's got to be spinning a little bit. Still taking deep breaths after that one. And what a fantastic two weeks we had. And the great champions, you mentioned that Krichikova, making it through in the singles after being an established world-time world doubles player. But the storylines uh, just, you know, were not lacking there. Quick turnaround for the players, quick turnaround for us. As today we had Roger Federer playing on the grass. So the players really will have to adjust quickly to these new conditions with Wimbledon coming up in two weeks. Definitely tests your senses as you watch the clay and the sliding and the sounds change from the clay to the grass. And we're going to get to the grass. You mentioned Roger Federer, but first we got to look back on what went down at Roland Garros. I mean, Novak Djokovic coming off a massive win in the semis over Roger Federer. You wonder what he had physically and emotionally going into that final against a Grand Slam finalist debutante in Stefanos Tsitsipas, but the Greek really started off on fire. He did. First Grand Slam final, and he played so well, lights out. And I got to say, I think Novak was just a little depleted physically and mentally, although that first set, Novak served for the set at 6-5, and here he has a set point, a big return, and Tsitsipas fights it off, saves it, and then two points later, he's got that first set in his pocket. He played so offensive, so well. He was so poised. And in the second set, Nico, it looked like Djokovic's level emotionally dropped even further. Well, we know what happens when you beat Rafa Nadal on the clay courts. More so here in his home court. 
in the four sets that were grueling and Djokovic I think struggled physically. When you come back from such an emotional and physical match, it's tough to wake up. And I think that's what happened to him in the third set after he lost the first two. Well, this is where we stood, two sets down. It had only happened a few times before, coming back from 0-2 down in a Grand Slam final to win. Now, it did happen in New York over the summer with Dominic Team dropping the first two sets to Sasha Zverev. But what were you thinking as Novak Djokovic left the court to take a break in between sets two and three? I thought he had a really uphill battle. Tsitsipas was playing so well. He was dictating play. He was hitting the ball early, really opening up the court on Novak. And you're thinking, okay, did that Nadal match take too much out of him? It was Friday night. It was four hours. Can he do this Houdini and come, come back again? And apparently he went into the locker room and just gave himself a pep talk. You can do this. You can do this, saying it out loud. And we know that this guy can turn things around. But I actually thought that Tsitsipas was going to take it. Well, it helped him that he did the same against Musetti earlier in that second week, and he really found his groove in that third set. Yes, he did give himself a pep talk, but if you can do come back from a 0-2 lead, it's in this surface. We, we saw those records of the past only last year at the U.S. Open. The rest were here in Paris where the clay gives you a chance to stay back in the match, and that's the magic of three out of five. Oh, it was like a tale of two matches between the second and third set. Because once the third set started, Novak Djokovic got his groove back, Nico. <laughs> he was trying to be more aggressive. Tsitsipas commanding with that forehand and Novak's ability to defend against a very powerful Greek just gave him the opportunity to climb back into this one. Tsitsipas was just magnificent, but the level of mental strength that Djokovic has been able to show, especially in the last four or five years, I think it's been the difference why he's won so much. He got an early break in the third, fourth, and fifth sets, Novak, and he just seemed to somehow magically play with more energy in sets three, four, and five than he did in one and two. And that backhand drop shot, that backhand drop shot has come into play in the last, what, couple of years, and it is a killer because Tsitsipas having to do all of those sprints, and it paid off in the end, 6-4 in the fifth. He gets number 19. And boy, does that make the race interesting. Djokovic didn't face break point after the second set for the rest of the match. And you're right, Novak Djokovic picks up his 19th major singles title. Disappointment for Tsitsipas. But now Novak just one behind Roger and Rafa. This is absolutely incredible. I, I, I know when all of us saw peak at number 14, I don't know about you, Nico, and yes. Russ, but I thought nobody's going to match that, right? I mean, he had broken Roy Emerson's record. But now we've got three guys from the same era with 20, 20, and 19. And you've just got to think, this is incredible for us fans to be able to see and watch this all unfold. A match and a tournament to remember and to learn from, from both players. Being part of the history of the sport that I love with all my heart is always something that is very inspiring and very fulfilling for me. So I can, you know, couldn't be happier and more satisfied with uh, this kind of scenario in the last 48 hours. I mean, probably ranks the top three all-time achievements and experiences that I had uh, in my professional tennis career. I really wish I could understand why things like this happened and evolved. But uh, I was trying to figure it out during my game. It was difficult to uh, to come up with something. It's, it's very unfortunate, very 
Um, very sad in, in, in the same way because it was it was a good opportunity. I, I was playing good. I was feeling good, and uh, yeah, I lost an opportunity to to do something better today. And Stefanos Tsitsipas revealing afterwards that he found out afterwards that his grandmother passed away shortly before he took the court. That didn't play part in how he played the match because he didn't know. For Novak Djokovic, what does this mean for him in the big picture as far as legacy is concerned? Oh, he just said it. He's the top three of all times beating Nadal right there. He's the only active player to have beaten Nadal twice at Roland Garros. We know what that means. Fending off a guy like Tsitsipas that has had an inspired clay court season, you know, winning his first Masters 1000. So he, he took on a lot, and it was a very emotional win. You saw it there in his face at the end. That was a look of relief, not of elation. Uh, here is the now even more stacked resume, the first man in the open era to win the career slam twice, and he's also won all Masters 1000s and the year-end championships twice. Tracy, it's just an amazing resume. It really is. So the only man in open air, all, each one, because we know that Roger has only won Roland Garros once and Rafa has only won the Australian once. I mean, you've got to start talking about the possibility that Novak is going to be considered the GOAT. He's got the head-to-head uh, um, edge on both Rafa and Roger. Um, he's still at 34, still seems to be going strong. And by the way, he's got two legs of the calendar year Grand Slam. We haven't talked about that. That's an opportunity. I don't think anybody's had two legs to start the season since Jim Courier, um, you know, decade or two ago. So it's really exciting for him. And it's amazing to see him beat Rafa. That took so much physically and mentally. And then be down two sets to one. And he did that. A couple of years ago, a few years, five, six years ago, and then he lost to Vavrenka in the finals. Mm -hmm. This time, he didn't let that happen. I just love the fact that we're able to witness it and in, in the first row. You know, we've been watching these guys for 20 years go at it and to have all three of them in the, in the same generation. And obviously, Serena, you have to mention as well, we've been privileged and it's just great to watch. Yeah. Not taking part on, on any of them. <laughs> you don't want to get part of the debate. That's all right. Speaking of the front row, there was a kid in the front row who got the gift of a lifetime after the match. Novak Djokovic went over to this kid, gave him the racket that he used to win the French Open right after the match. I mean, look how happy he is. And Novak explained why after the match. Well, I don't know the boy, but um, he was in my ear the entire match, basically. Especially when I was two sets to love down. He was encouraging me. He was, he was actually giving me tactics as well. He was like, hold your serve, get an easy first ball, and then dictate, uh, go to his backhand. Like, he was coaching me, literally. Uh, and, and so I thought I found that very, very cute and very nice. No code violation for that. <laughs> no, that is adorable. <laughs> Obviously, he's a huge Novak fan, so he probably got intense. I love it. He was right in my ear. He was huge channeling match. Marian Baida, probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the kid knows his tennis, too. Exactly. Look, and everything that happened with Novak and then Rob beating Rob in the semis, a little bit overshadowed one of the great runs we've seen in recent memory, and that's Barbara Krejcikova, the 25-year-old Czech player who not only won the singles on Saturday, backed it up and won the doubles title on Sunday with her partner, Katerina Sinyakova. Yeah, it was a magical fortnight for Krejcikova. Now, she's won a couple of majors before, taking the third here with Sinyakova in the finals. But the fact that she was able to come out and win 
Roland Garros, after last year at Roland Garros, she was outside the top 100. I mean, this is a magical fairy tale. And we know that her mentor was Yana Novotna. That's a big part of the story. So it's uh, really impressive and exciting. She also, talk about impressive, she gets on a pretty impressive board of players who have won the double at Roland Garros, including Billie Jean King, Margaret Court, Chris Everett, Martina Navratilova. I mean, first since Mary Pierce. That's some heady stuff, Nico. Uh, what, what impresses me is that we knew Sinyakova more than we knew Krichikova, and, and this girl was able to raise her singles level to the point to win a Grand Slam practically out of nowhere because we kept seeing how the draw kept opening up. We were saying for Serena, then Serena loses. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and Purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. And it ends up being Krichikova with a, one of the best stories mentioning Jana Novotna, so inspirational. So to me, to me, it was a big win, a heartfelt win. I felt happy for her. Well, as we mentioned at the top, both memorable and also history-making on the clay. And as the calendar turns, we turn our attention from the clay to the grass. That's coming up when we come back on Tennis Channel Live. We're going to take a look at the events in Germany and Great Britain, including the maestro, Roger Federer, back on grass. And we've got the highlights next. Two weeks away from Wimbledon. So the grass court season is here. You better hit the ground running because before you know it, the big one's coming right back. Nico Pereira, Russ Thaler, Tracy Austin. Are, are you ready for the transition? How's I'm ready for the transition. But actually, as a player, I thought, Nico, this was the toughest transition. Yeah. Slow red clay, moving to the grass. And especially because we play so few weeks on grass, most of the players are not that comfortable on the surface. And I think it all comes down to the movement because especially at the beginning of the week, the grass is pretty lush, and so stopping and recovering is, is very tough. And then it's that mentality. Instead of being patient on the red clay, now you're looking for that first strike tennis because you can get ahead in the point, you're pretty good to go. Well, I love watching the two-week transition. I know the clay quarters suffer a lot with that, but it's kind of interesting. This is the way it was in the past, right from the, the Roland Garros last day to the Queens, the Halle, the Birmingham uh, and you're right, the movement is key, and it's going to be easier for the players that favor the faster surfaces, uh, those who can rely on the serve, and it's going to be harder for those players that need the rhythm, and we saw it today in a few of the matches. All getting ready for Wimbledon. Remember, the championships didn't take place last year, but back in 2019, our lasting memory was Roger Federer with two match points going the distance with Novak Djokovic, and it was Djokovic coming out with the title over Roger on center court at Wimbledon. And this is the first time since then, Nico, that we got a chance to see Roger Federer 
on the grass competing at the ATP Tour level over 700 days. You called the match as he took on Ilya Ivashka. Always good to see Roger Federer play on the grass, and I was surprised at the way he moved on the clay and again today. The first four days, the first four games, excuse me, he was a bit off, but then you know, he started feeling it, especially on this tiebreaker. He got off to a great start and did not look back. He had three mini breaks on that one, ended up clinching it at 6-4, and this volley here indicates that he is in rhythm. Puts it exactly where the opponent will not get there without risking it, and he looked more solid as the match went on. It was difficult to see at the start because of the shade and the brightness of the sun that you see that this is a weird stadium in Halle, but Roger has won this tournament only 10 times. Only. <laughs> Pretty uh, comfortable is Roger Federer in Halle, and he gets through in straight sets, moving into the second round. With a win over Ilya Ivashka, and Roger Federer's grass resume is uh, second to none. Eight-time Wimbledon champion, 10-time champ, as Nico mentioned, in Halle. Tracy, how confident should Roger be about his prospects for this year's grass court events, up to and including Wimbledon? I don't think quite as confident as he would be other years because he was playing full-time. He's just come, still coming back from double knee surgery. Uh, played three matches in Paris, which is very important for him to have those matches. And if there's any major that he can get 21, Nico, it's at Wimbledon. I mean, the grass really suits his style of play. The serve, he can hit the sliding serve, the backhand slice, get into the net. He's so comfortable on grass, and as I mentioned, so many players are not comfortable, but he really needs this week to get some matches to where he's feeling much more comfortable. Well, this would be a world-class comeback if at 39, being out for more than a year, he manages to have a deep run at Wimbledon. I don't think he's even looking to go the distance here in Halle. He just wants to have a nice draw. He can play his way in a three out of five at the All England Club, and hopefully he can you know, pull a Pete Sampras and you know, a big surprise there. But it's going to be really tough coming back after such a long break. Well, Roger said he had to listen to his body, and that's why he left the French Open after three rounds. But he said this is the time for winning and for results. He's put the pressure squarely on himself. We'll see how he does this week. And moving forward, the women are in Berlin, Germany. And uh, Madison Keys on the court today, taking on Magdalena Frech of Poland. Frech was a qualifier, so she already has two matches under her belt, which helps on grass. She actually got to a two-love lead, broke Madison in the opening game. But Madison Keys did an excellent job of inserting her game in that first set. Huge serve. Madison actually feels very comfortable on grass if she can get some matches under her belt. She's won two titles on grass before in her career, and she's got the style of play that she can make a huge impact, and that's exactly what she did after the first what, four, four games. She looked very comfortable. Nice tournament for Freck, but Maddie next will play Sabalenka, the first seed. So big matchup in round two for Madison Keys. Amanda Anisimova had her hands full with Alizé Cornet of France earlier today. Alizé Cornet in the far court had actually lost to Anisimova in the one time they did play on grass. That was a couple of years ago. And Cornet is always a tough competitor. She's always feisty. I just didn't expect this scoreline. Anisimova's had a tough year. She started out with COVID at the beginning of the year. It's been kind of up and down. It's been rough. And look at that serve. So the scoreline was what surprised me, not necessarily the win for Cornet. We saw how um, 
Madison Keys played there, and we've talked about her potential. She's hitting a clean ball. And a lot of Americans in the main draw at Wimbledon, do you see anybody making a, a long run, and who do you see? Well, I think there's a, a number that can do well. If Madison could get up a good head of steam, she can be dangerous. We've seen her get to the finals at the U.S. Open, and that's when she has confidence behind her. Now, she's got to the third round of Paris. That's the deepest she's gone in a tournament this year. Sloane Stevens is starting to play much better. She's been in the quarters of Wimbledon. I think Sloane can, can make a dent. And obviously there's a young lady named Serena Williams who we're going to be paying a lot of attention. Can she get number 24? <laughs> Serena Williams and another even younger lady named Coco Gauff. That's right. Who might have something to say yes. about some of this. We've got more to say and more tennis to get to here on TC Live. When we come back, more highlights. We'll check in on a couple more young Americans. Riley Opelka and Sebastian Corda in action. And the social net as well when we come back. London's calling here off to the uh, Queen's Club and Riley Opelka taking on John Millman of Australia. Well, if you look at this matchup on paper, you'd never think Millman would have a chance, but the big man down a set and a break. Early on this one, Millman moving really well around the grass. That is paramount here as a this sunny day in London made it as if you were playing on a hardcore conditions, just fabulous on the hottest day of the year. Opelka with much points in that third set, but going down to a very happy John Millman who surprises the big man on the grass. How about a battle of 19-year-olds? Yannick Sinner and Jack Draper, the British wild card. Jack Draper ranked 309 in the world Ooh. in the forecourt. He's down, but he is not out. He is back up, and he has so much more experience. Actually, that's Sinner. Yep. That, so Sinner was down, was up for love in the opening set and actually had a couple of set points, did not win those, and actually was up 5-3 in the second. Looks like he's going to take the set here, but Draper, so much more experience on the grass. And he comes through, as you mentioned, 19. This is his first ATP main draw win. Yeah, that's a lot to celebrate. Congrats to uh, Jack Draper in front of the home country fans back to Holland, Germany and another youngster 20 year old Sebastian Corda taking on former Wimbledon semi-finalist Roberto Batista Agut on grass this looked like the edge would really go to Batista Agut in the far court but it was Sebi Corda who came out on fire and watch the feel here Nico let that ball drop get it in the pocket and send it over your opponent's head everything Corda did was perfect in that opening set. And as you mentioned, Batista, he's a really accomplished grass court player. And for Sebi Corda, this is his first main draw grass court match ever on the ATP Tour. He looks so comfortable in getting it done from all areas of the court. Got that first set in his pocket, was up a break in the second set, but always pay attention to Batista Agut. He is a gritty, dogged competitor. He tied it back up, but when it got to the tie break, Sebi Corda puts the pedal to the metal, won easily in the tiebreak, and that is a phenomenal win. That's the sixth seed that he takes out in his first grass court match ever. That's incredible. What a, a, a composed performance mm. from the 20-year-old. Which American men do you think have the best shot of making the biggest dent on grass? Well, you have to go with John Isner. He's been there for a long, long time and definitely has the experience to do so. I saw him play pretty well in Paris, so I think he has a fair shot in that, in that surface depending on the draw. But I'm buying stock in this young man, Seb Korda. I kept tabs, tabs on him since he was a really young player. I've had players practice with him uh, recently. 
in the past couple of years, and it's really impressive the way he takes on a veteran like Roberto Bautista. Good, he's a seasoned professional, and he just looked like he belonged there. I really like his demeanor on the court when he's facing the tough challenges. RBA, a little bit of a measuring stick, and Seb Corda definitely measuring up in this one. All right, guys, time for the social net. And Joe Conta, first time in 40 years a British woman has won on British soil. It's coming home. That's a little bit of a knock on the British Football Association. The FA, every time they play in a big soccer tournament, they say it's coming home. Like, is that Because they invented is? the game. Yes. Okay. So it's a little a little, a little thumb at the nose. So since Sue Barker in Brighton 1981, boy, that's a long time coming. So good for Joe Conte. Great to see to her playing person. well. Yeah. Yeah. Fourth career title. And speaking about a nice person, one of the best players of all time, maybe the GOAT, Steffi Graf turns 52 today. And uh, not a bad list of accomplishments. Nope, the list is long. Long, <laughs> long, long. Calendar year Grand Slam, of course, and the Golden Slam, where she won all four in one year and the Olympics. We'll so, another, happy birthday, Steffi. You'll need another half hour. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, she won every major at least four times. Four times. We're getting excited about Djokovic doing it twice. She's done everything right. Married yeah. Andre Agassi, a boy, a girl, <laughs> you know. It's all good. Yeah, that's a, that's happy birthday to, to one of the greatest yeah. of all time. All right, let's take a look at uh, tomorrow's schedule, guys. And what are you uh, most excited about? This is just the timing of it all. Tennis Channel gets you underway at 5 o'clock in the a.m. Our Valley Sports Regional Sports Networks will kick off coverage at 8 a.m. in the east. Tennis Channel Live, like this, wraps it up afterwards and encore coverage all night long. Time to go to break. When we come back, we'll show you the featured matches for tomorrow. Get you ready for all that next. Jam-packed day of coverage coming your way tomorrow on Tennis Channel. Look at that list of matches. Nico, what stands out to you? Oh, I love all the matchups in this one. What catches my eye? Andy Murray. I want to see him play again. And he's playing Benoit Per, who is a question mark. So I'm going to go with that one. But it should be interesting, Andy playing at home. Yeah, that one's interesting to me as well. He hasn't played since, since March. But Katie McNally, I think she's going to show her best tennis on grass. I like the battle of the Germans. Zverev and Dominic Kupfer, who, as we saw at Roland Garros when he took Roger Federer to five, can, can give people trouble as well. Things are getting really interesting with these matchups. There'll be some good shot making between McNally and Jabour. I guarantee you that. That should be fun, a fun watch. Absolutely. Might Everybody's you... trying to get their reps in. It's yeah. a short grass court season. Mm-hmm. They want to get these matches in. And speaking of shot making, how about our hot shot of the day? If you were watching our show, you probably saw it a little bit earlier today, but it's worth watching again. It comes from 20-year-old American Sebastian Corda as he takes on Roberto Batista Agu. A great sprint forward for that one, but look at the elegance. Oh! Tweener, lob winner. You called it, Tracy. And I guess there's a, a real technique here, Nico. You've got to let the ball drop into the pocket. You've got to let it get behind you on these tweeners. i got to practice that. I guess you, I bet you do those well. You have to approach it from the side. That's a, that's a big one. Okay, good tip. <laughs> Any miscalculations can, can become very harmful in these type of situations. Well done from Sebi Quarter. Well done from Nico Pereira and Tracy Austin. That's a fun half hour of TC Live. What do you say we do this again tomorrow? What do you do say it. we do it again all week? We have hit the grass. We've hit it running, sometimes tripping and falling. But we always get back up and try, try again. Thanks so much for watching all of our coverage today on Tennis Channel. See you all tomorrow.